Hello and welcome to another interview in the series Super Learning for Professionals. Today I'm joined by Canosa. Daniel um, was a peer supporter of mine in the OnDeck Course Creator Fellowship and he's an ex-engineer and now turned full-time creator and you've always been expert in Notion during your previous job and you've turned that into a course uh, right now. So can you describe a bit more why um, knowledge management has been very important in that area and how you came up with your... Well, I really believe that because I come also from a corporate background in which I was helping technical teams of mechanical engineers, electronic engineers and everything, it helped them create systems and better ways to manage their workloads and everything. And, and I saw that that was super key to really uh, understand what needs to get done at every... And then when I left corporate, I found out about Notion, and, and for me, it was the, the tool that, that I was asking for all the time, because before I was using Evernote and Todoist and different tools, but, but none of them could really serve me as I, as I wanted. So I saw in Notion the, the flexible tool, that I, and, and, and I doubled down on it. I, I put all the expertise that I, that I had in, in corporate building systems and building them in, in Notion, but more targeted to, to, smaller, to smaller teams or not teams, to just unique people as, as myself. So when I saw uh, how well it was working, the systems that I was building uh, by myself, and that they were able to, to bring much more perspective to, to my life, to what I was doing, to my goals and my objectives. And then I, I decided that well, these more people should know about, about this that I'm creating, that I have created. So that's when I decided to build an, an online course and try to bring all these systems that I, that I created and the systems thinking that I have developed through about five, more than five years to bring it to, to everyone. Great. So as you say, you've developed this system thinking over a long period, more than five years. So can you tell me a bit more about that learning journey? Like which, which problems did you face and how did it force you to come up with solutions and how did you, how did you arrive, arrive at those solutions? So all, all of this was crafted during, during my time working in corporate. And in the beginning, it, it was super hard to try to, to get the perspective that you need to take when you are building uh, systems for, for multiple departments and all the different steps that every department needs to do and how they are linked together and everything. So the way that I learned that was through trial and error and and, and I, I would say also uh, trying to avoid the embarrassment that I will feel whenever I go to a mineral to present the system that I have created how embarrassed I will be when I say, okay, I don't know how to handle this. So that pressure and that accountability was the, the one that forced me to um, to really learn the craft and, and learn how everything how everybody works and, and how to to get the best out of the out of the people through the through the system that I that I created. Nice. So yeah, I guess you were forced to learn, which is a, which is good in a way, but then also sometimes I guess you have to choose what to learn and what not to learn. So besides being told by yeah, your superiors what to learn, uh, how, do you, how do you go about that, like choosing uh, what to learn about? So normally, uh, I, I'm, very, uh, I'm very deliberate about what I, what I learn because in the end, it's time that we are going to, to be using for, for this. So I have three, 
three ways that I uh, that I use for this, and is is this going to help me grow in this case my business? The second is if this is related to something that I'm currently struggling with. So if it's going to help me solve some pain point that I currently have. And and the third one is whether this interests me or not. So if I find it interesting, even if it's useless, I will still uh, pursue it and I will still decide to, to learn about it. Yeah, that sounds like a good checklist. So once you've identified something you want to learn in that way, how do you go about, go about deliberately learning that? Do you have a process for that as well? I guess you have a process for everything. Uh, yes, uh, yes, I do. But I, I also take learning as a lifelong thing. So it is not as structured as you may think. So it, it, it is mostly like whenever I, I come across something related to something, to some topic that I want to that I want to learn about, I will put it either in Roam or in Notion. And then whenever I want to deeply research the, that topic or to create a piece of content, by the way, the best way to, to learn anything is by creating because whenever you are creating a piece of content, you have to put all your ideas in with a structure, and, and it's really when when you when you start learning so much. Uh, so yeah, it will be basically when I create content, when I'm mostly when I'm mostly learning, when I'm gonna take all the pieces of information that I have collected uh, about a certain topic and put them all together into into one and only and only piece. So the the process is quite messy. Is just collecting information and then creating the content for all that information. There is no much, uh, no much more about it. Yeah, I, I think learning is always a bit messy, uh, and I like that you mentioned it's it's like a, a lifelong thing, right? The learning. So you mentioned you use several tools like like Rome and and Notion, and since you also have a Notion course, how do you um, inspire both your students, but maybe also other people around you? Uh, to to do lifelong learning and to set up their uh, their processes in a way that can benefit them optimally. So I'm a big believer in, in self awareness, and and it doesn't matter that it's me who in this case is the teacher uh, who is telling you that something is important or something is not. I always uh, remind the students to say, if this is not doesn't fit your way of doing things then you can change it in this other way. So I'm, I'm always uh, trying to make them uh, be self-aware of how they operate because we all operate in, in very different ways. And so I think just by having this self-awareness and even uh, criticism against what you are receiving as a, as a consumer, so in this case, uh, crit criticizing what I'm teaching them, uh, I think those are amazing ways to, to really learn how you want to learn and what you want to learn. Yeah, I really like that self-awareness. It sounds a bit related to metacognition, meta-learning as well. So do you have some tips on how do you become more self-aware about how to do things, how to learn things? Probably in the context that we are talking about, I'm thinking that self-awareness can even come uh, through being critical to the, to the information that you're exposed to. Because by questioning it, you can kind of understand how you feel about it and what are your what are your thoughts and your opinions about what you're receiving. So yeah, I, I think that that would be a, a really good step. I haven't thought about this before, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, we often 
f make things clearer to ourselves when we talk about them uh, with other people, I think. But that's, that's, <laughs> yes. that's like a great benefit of those interviews as well. Um, so um, in this, uh, um, both in your years and in corporate, and then where you had to basically figure out how to build a business by yourself, do you have a particular example of a learning challenge that you faced and then how you overcame that? I think one of the biggest challenges that I've had and that you will relate to is learning <laughs> Chinese. Because <laughs> before I was living in, in China for, for two and a half years and, and China is a country that is so difficult to live in if you don't know the language because almost no one speaks English. So, so that was very challenging at first. And in the way that I overcame it, because if you if you don't want to learn Chinese, you can still use Google Translate or whatever translate. But I forced myself not to do it. I forced myself to always use what I was learning. And if I couldn't speak, I, I will do gestures. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But the rule was not to use uh, Google Translate. So, so again, this is how I overcame this learning challenge by forcing myself to use it and there was no other way around yeah yeah i think that i think that's great like when you have, learn a language you have to you have to really use it and i think like one of the definitions of fluency is also just just being able to communicate what you want to communicate even if you don't know the words if you can do it with gestures or find some way around it that's still mm -hmm. like fluency in a way mm -hmm. and what, what is funny about this is that once i left china I no longer had that mm. necessity, so I just stopped learning. So this is to, to exemplify that, that this really works, to force yourself and to put yourself in a situation in which you need to use uh, what you're learning. is a very good motivator to, to learn. And once that's of the picture, then... Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I mean, that's why I need <laughs> systems to tell you what to learn, maybe, which, which is what I'm doing, because yes. I've been wanting to live in China, but I, I'm still not there. So I have to basically keep myself learning by having a system. So um, what do you think? Because information is growing very quickly and we are very often overwhelmed by all the knowledge and information that's out there. So what do you think is needed in the future to keep benefiting from this increasing amount of information? Uh, you as a, like a notion expert, what your view would be very interesting on that. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, I think and probably this, this answer will not surprise you, that uh, it is vital right now with all the information that there is on the internet and YouTube and everywhere uh, to have a system. And, and with systems, I don't just mean to make your notion able to, to capture all that information and, and everything, but also a mm -hmm. mental system. And with what I mean is to be very selective with the information that you let inside of your system. Because information nowadays is infinite, so now I can, I can count with the fingers of my hand the number of blog posts or pieces of information that I input into my system per week. I think it's no more than five. Before, uh, I was committing what I think is a mistake to save everything that seems a little bit interesting. And then later I'm gonna read it. So I think being selective right now and just saving the stuff that really resonates with you is super important. But then the system that you build in the back end can help you to create serendipity and to form new ideas. So, for example, if you are saving a ton of stuff of, I don't know, of car manufacturing, then 
by a very quick search in Notion by car manufacturing and you can see everything that you have saved about that and you can start connecting different ideas and that maybe they're even opposed ideas and you can create new ideas of your own in that opposition. So by by having these digital systems that can allow us to, to aggregate all the knowledge that we have about a certain topic, we can really create new ideas. So for me, this is the, the beauty and this is how, how I would like more people use the information that we have on the on the internet, which I think is more than internet. Yeah, definitely. And I think filtering is a huge challenge, but something that we just need to do. And I guess also getting comfortable with not being able to remember and use everything that we come across. This has been really, really great, Daniel. Awesome interview. So I always ask, who do you think I should interview next for this series? So the first thing that came to mind, I don't know if you know him, is Michael Arksoff. Um, I don't do think you know? so. Okay, because I think he's a very intelligent human being and I really admire him. He's always speaking about the Alexander Technique. Mm. I don't really know what it is, but I just know the name. Uh, but if you search for him on Twitter, Michael Arksoft, uh, you will find him. And I think he's, he's a very interesting. Awesome, yeah. I'd like to get in, in touch with him um, and also talk about the Alexander Technique. Um, so Daniel, if people um, want to find out more about you or about your Notion systems, other stuff that you do, uh, what's the best way for them to find out? Yes, yeah, so so all the all the information about about my systems, about my course, and everything is in thenotionacademy.com. And then the the best way to to reach out to me is is on Twitter, D Canosa, D C N O S A. Uh, this is my my Twitter handle, and everybody can DM me, and I will always respond, and I'm, I'm super open. And awesome. All right. Thank you, Daniel, for the interview.